There we are. We're back. All, All right. right. Let's try this again. Episode two, minus technology challenges. Uh, yep. uh, Kevin, I hope you're there still. I think we've got it figured out, but we're going to jump immediately in to our first article just in case. All right. So here's the first thing that, that uh, I stumbled across uh, this week that I thought was really interesting. And let me mm. zoom this in a little bit. We don't need to see all the white space. We'll try it like maybe like that. So this is Finch. And I was I was reading based off of this that Finch has actually been around for a while, but I, I guess it's now GA. And yep. uh, what it is, is an open source project, you can see right here, called Finch, right? And it's a command line tool to exactly do ex what they're saying here. Uh, building, running, and publishing Linux containers. And it uh, supports the Mac OS uh, operating system. So I've, think, yeah. I thought this was pretty cool. Um, I managed yep. to grab a copy of it very quickly the other day. Super easy oh. to install, brew install, yep. you're done. And it pulls down, you can see here, it, it has some other uh, components that it needs, open source components. And um, it, it was up and running in two minutes, had it going. And this is an, an interesting article. If you scroll down right here, they give you kind of like the hello world solution. So you can initialize your environment, you can start your environment, and then you can pull down uh, Hello Finch container and run it. And uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, say that again? Whatever container you want, I guess. Yeah, Maybe. you know, um, I was like, okay, I, so I, I ran the Hello Finch, Hello World thing. Great, that's, that's neat, uh, it works. And then what I tried to do was uh, point it at one of our uh, ECR repos. And oh, yeah. uh, I ran into the the regular trials and tribulations of authentication issues. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I have the ECR credential helper set up. It's probably the fact that it's an RTFM situation. And I was literally like, this will work. And it <laughs> did not. So it's probably config, user. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's just config, right? So I'm sure it's user error. Uh, but it, it seems pretty slick. And, and I'd be interested... I was kind of thinking when I read this, like, I wonder command line tools, you know, just to be able to run things very quickly. Uh, I wonder if maybe at some point you could work it into your deployment pipelines or something. Although I think it's only focused on, on Mac OS uh, for the time being. I think I saw that somewhere here. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so maybe I'm Mac native. Mac native, yeah. It seemed to have a Windows Client Do they have a Windows client as well. Oh, that's oh, okay. what's that's in, the, that's in the what's next. That's in the oh, what's, what's next. Okay, that's upcoming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, if we can work it into the GitLab workflow, then that would be something. Yeah. I'm just wondering why not use Docker. You know. Well, yeah. I think you know you mentioned something kind of interesting to me the other day um, about maybe this is targeted at folks with. Because Docker's changed some of their licensing, right? So maybe, maybe this is oh, a, sure. a play around. You know, if if you wanted to get rid of some of those licensing costs. Again, I haven't read enough about it yet to completely sort of understand the use cases. But I thought this article was really interesting as a a quick intro to this. I bet you there are uh, folks out there that are already uh, building things with this. So I bet you, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, or something like that. You can probably find some folks that are are building something with this already. So I'll throw that in, in chat. 
So if you're interested in reading it, you can uh, dive into it. And they've got their own Slack channel. So I guess if you hung out in Slack, you could uh, find out more about this as well. Hmm. Yeah. So that's the first one. What do you think? I think that's neat. I mean, yeah, like you said, that Docker uh, license change is uh, could be an issue if you're... I think, what is the limit? It's 100 seats at the company or something like that? Something like that, yeah. 100 employees yeah. where you have to start paying them. So yeah. for Docker desktop specifically. So for Mac, this could be pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, the, the install with Brew, it was like... Well, you know, just one command, right? Uh, and and I wasn't paying attention. You, you know, wants me to run it. Uh, I, I needed to elevate my privileges to get some stuff installed. Yeah. And you know, first time failed, but that's just that's user error again, as usual. So sort of read the screen as you hit enter a couple times, and you'll probably get this up and running in, in no time at all. So yeah, I, I'm gonna mess pretty around. cool. Yeah, I'll mess around with this for sure. Once we get Linux support, that'll be awesome. Yeah, because then, like you said, we could work it into just to compare it against what our current workflow is, right? In those GitLab projects where we we have container-based applications, just to bake it off against this, just to see even. Yeah, just to as an alternative, you know, just yeah. try it out. Yeah, just another yeah, that's option, cool. right? Yeah, I thought it was kind of neat. I'll be interested to see what people do. And, all the, and this is kind of cool too. They've got uh, so you've got the hello world thing, but then they've yep. also got the Welp Yelp app, right? Uh, that you can run locally, which again allows you to do some testing of this, which I thought was kind of cool. If you mm. wanted to see something more than just your uh, ASCII output. Right. Nice. Yeah, I'm so gonna that's, give that. That's kind of neat. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would be interested to see how this one plans plays out. So that's our first one. Uh, the next one, uh, let's go actually over here and I'll zoom back in. So trusted advisor, good old trusted advisor. Let me make sure this fits. Mm. So let's do the, let's do the, what is trusted advisor thing? Just in case somebody doesn't know. Um, trusted advisor is, uh, the way I think about it is kind of a, a real or near real time, best practice, uh, you know, guidance provider in your AWS environment. It's been around mm. for a really long time and you don't really have to do anything. Everybody gets it. Now the thing that, and there's, there's no different here with this announcement with trusted advisor is um, in order to get all of the checks that are included. And you can see here that it says they've delivered 64 new best practices in trusted advisor across all the categories and and right here cool. yeah are the are the categories that are built in right so you've got cost performance resilience security ops and service limits so the yeah. things that most people would would want or or need to know um the thing to keep in mind is that in order to get all of the checks you need to have business level support or higher in place if you don't right. if you if you have what's it called uh Basic, basic, I think. There's basic yeah. and developer too, right? Um, yes. If you have either of those two, you get only a subset of these checks. So you're not okay. going to get everything. Okay. The other thing with trusted advisor to keep in mind is if, if you have a business level or higher, you also have programmatic access to it and you can generate notifications from it. And my understanding, unless something's changed there, my understanding is that, again, without business level support or higher, you don't have programmatic access and you don't have the ability to uh, generate outbound notifications. So, okay. So you're, but, but, 
is pretty handy if you need yeah. to know usage of bow. And... Yeah, I, I don't want to undersell it. Like, you know, it's no, not valuable unless you have business level support or higher because in the free version, let's call it the free version of Trusted Advisor, you do have the ability to uh, get some service limit checks, some basic security yeah. checks. So there's value there right out of the box as well. Okay. The thing that I couldn't find in this article before mm -hmm. the stream today, and I was kind of went back into the documentation and was having a look, is you'll notice right here in the first sentence that it says uh, it's integrated now with AWS Config for mm. these checks. And I don't think, and you know, somebody correct me if, if I'm wrong on this and it wouldn't be surprising, but <laughs> I didn't think that up till this point, conf, uh, Trusted Advisor required config. So my, my thought is here, and like mm. I said, I couldn't find it in the doc. What if you don't have config enabled? Do you just not get the new checks? Like it doesn't doesn't add them to your account? Is it now a requirement to have config there? I don't know. Yeah, do they turn config on by default? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because see what it, it does here is it says the, the new best practice checks are powered by config managed rules, which are yeah. awesome. But I know when a lot of times when we're working in customers' accounts and things like that, uh, as much as I really like AWS Config and I think it's a fantastic troubleshooting tool and it gives you a good uh, understanding of what's in your environment, a lot of times it's it's overlooked, right? People, yeah, people just kind of don't either don't know or don't understand or or see the value of it, so they just leave it turned off. So I don't know. I don't know if you need that turned on or maybe it's doing it behind the scenes and the checks still work. I, I don't know for sure. We will have to take a look. Yeah, I guess we could always jump into one of our accounts. We've got uh, got business support enabled, uh, but we would have config there. Uh, maybe we yeah. just set a new account up, don't turn config on and see what happens and enable just business support on it and see what it does. So... Yeah, I think I think trusted advisor is good. And you know what? There's one other thing that I wanted to see if I could find. Mm. And you know, nothing like being prepared, right? Right. <laughs> Let me see here. Where's my other browser? Again, I was saying to you, if you see me swinging my head left to right, I'm trying to find the monitor that has this on it. Uh, searching. Yeah. Uh, searching for a browser somewhere. Okay, hang on. But yeah, more more checks on trusted advisor is always good. I don't think you can go wrong, for, right? If you're already paying for support anyways. Yeah. In my in my brain, there was a GitHub project. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm totally making this up or just mixing it up with something else that I read. And I, I'm pretty sure it was somebody from AWS. They had built um, at least like the skeleton code around being able to uh, talk to trusted advisor and yep. then taking checks from Trusted Advisor and pushing them into your ticketing system. And I think the demo they did was, it was on one of the build on AWS streams, if I'm, okay. if I'm thinking about the right thing. And it was pretty neat. They had it set up where they could uh, push that into, I think it was Jira. Let me see if I can quickly find it here. I thought I I thought I followed the, the repo just to see if there was any changes in it, but. I won't be able to find it now that I want to. Automated security response. Ah, oh, damn. Well, if I can find it, I will. I'll add it just to our notes, and maybe we can come back to it uh, next sure. week. How do I? 
Okay, here's a, yeah, this a, a trusted stupid. advisor tools repo here in oh, AWS yeah. and a ticketing system. That sounds promising. Ticketing system, yeah. I'm pretty sure I I know I I watched the repo or something. I just I'm having that moment where I'm in Git just kind of like I've never been in Git before and I'm like I don't know where this stuff is. <laughs> so yeah. I want my little Oh, hang on. I can never find the isn't there like a watch? No, it's not it. Oh well. Well-laid plans never seem to work, right? Yeah. There's like a there's like um I'm trying to find a page. Like you know how you can watch repos? Yeah. I thought somewhere in that I could just go and find that page in, in GitHub and uh try to show that to you. But yeah, no yeah. luck. So I'll find it. After, like five minutes after we're done the stream i'll i'll stumble across it sure we'll oh, save kevin's that for asking, next week yeah kevin's asking if there's anything you thought was missing from a trusted advisor you know there's there's nothing that i could immediately say like there's a lot of checks now in trusted advisor they already had cost optimization which and performance for the major compute resources, which was pretty nice. Yeah, and that's like for me, that's the main thing I'll take a look at. Security as well, I'll take a look at as well. Yeah. Um, but if they have more checks for best practices, that's probably a good step. Yeah, let me see if I can pull up the. Yeah, here's the check reference here. I'll just dump this into here for now. We'll have a have a look. But the main things people care about are they were there before this this patch i felt yeah. that yeah i think so too and the other thing i think you know trusted advisor has a, a little bit of headwind because there's lots of other things out there too right aws mm -hmm. has a huge list of so config managed yeah. rules that you could put in here they have what do they call uh, they call them conformance packs as well, where oh, they yeah. bundled things together. So as is the case in most things in AWS, you kind of have to pick how you want to do something because there's probably multiple ways to do the same thing, right? So here, I'll throw this. If you wanted to look at the, the checks that are available, I'll throw them right there. So you've got a link at least to go and have a look at it. Because I think if you could see at the bottom of the screen here, cost optimization, mm -hmm. There's all the checks. There's a lot of stuff in here. Right. So that's the uh, that's the trusted advisor one I wanted to bring up and kind of nice segue into the other announcement that I thought uh, that I thought I don't know what that means mm -hmm. that I saw was more support for new resources in config. And um, again, I think config often gets overlooked, as I mentioned already. I think it's probably one of the best tools out there to help you understand what's in your environment, what it's related to, uh, who or what has been making changes to it. Cause you get that nice visual timeline of all of the history of that uh, resource and right. sort of what's happened to it from the moment it's discovered until the moment you retire it. So I always get excited about these things. Like there's a lot of, what was it? 41 new resource types that are supported. Yeah, exactly added to the support yeah i didn't see anything that immediately jumped out at me like as being oh, yeah. like how, how was this not here before but i still just like to know that there's more stuff here 
Well, EC2 capacity reservations, client VPN yeah. endpoints. That's handy. Yeah. Let's see. Ground station mission profiles. If you're working on satellites. Yeah. If you're uh, <laughs> deploying satellites, I know. I know we do that all the time, right? So oh, it's, it's really important for us. <laughs> but there's like S3 access points, right? Yeah, Incre that's good. Increasingly, we're seeing more and more people use access points to kind of not that's simplify, but yeah, not yeah. simplify necessarily, but sort of help you manage complex um, resource policies for your S3 buckets. Yeah. So that's kind of handy. For security purposes too, that's useful to yeah. keep track of. Keep track of it. And then uh, the up here, this is another one, right? Log destinations. Right, CloudWatch logs and oh, yeah. destination configs. So that's kind of neat. That's useful, yeah. Yeah. Manage yeah. Kafka. Okay, so they're kind of, it, yeah, it's for, it's a completeness patch, but some and, useful stuff for sure. Yeah, and this is, and this is on top of, and I don't quite remember, maybe a couple weeks ago, I'm pretty sure there was another config announcement about uh, some other additional support for other services. So I think this might be like the second announcement in just a couple weeks where uh, config has been updated to support new stuff. Hmm. Yeah, okay. So that's that. And then the last thing that I had on my list for this week was this, the Cloud Intelligent Intelligence Dashboard. And there are a number of dashboards. This is this is demo info, so nobody nobody worry about what this is. It's it's just it's just fake. Nothing um, sensitive here. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not our account. Uh, these are this is our bill, right? Um, I actually I've actually seen this before, but they did a really good demo of it again on I think it was the last episode of the AWS Build On Twitch show. Mm -hmm. They did like. They did like, I think it was a whole half day on cost optimization. And this, I thought was, this was one of the things that they showed as just sort of a, a tool that you might want to put in your environment to give you additional information about what's happening. And it's built on QuickSight. Uh, there's lots of really interesting things here. And then on top of this, like I mentioned, there's all sorts of additional dashboards. So there's like the core piece, which I think is this kudos dashboard that I brought up here. Let's open yep. up this link. Right. So if yeah, we this go... is the first time I'm seeing this, but this is, this is pretty slick. Yeah. So here are the foundational dashboards. Okay. And in, in true Amazon fashion, like there's a whole uh, workshop here or studio that you can walk through to build all of this. And you've got your foundational pieces and then the additional pieces that you can that you can deploy. Uh, we're working on this one right now for another customer. And mm. their thought is, obviously this is not free, okay? There's a charge yep. for this because you've got AWS services involved. And if you go under FAQs, they give you an example of, of the pricing. And yeah. uh, they kind of, well, make some assumptions and here you go, right? Right off the top of my head, you're using Athena for sure. QuickSight has yeah. fixed yeah. costs. Yeah. There's Clue involved, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, they give you some decent reference diagrams and things like that. The, the, the point that the person that I was talking to mentioned is this cost, right? Right here, 100 to 200 bucks. And obviously, you know, this is always going to depend on the consumption, how much data you're pushing through yeah. and all those things, right? There's lots of variables here that we won't uh, get into. But 
um, their comment was, this is still far more affordable than what we're using right now, right? Some other SaaS tool. And from them just watching a couple demos, and uh, I think they're actually having a, a presentation by AWS as well. Just going through that, they're like, they think that these dashboards, even the foundational dashboards, are more than enough. They, they provide more than enough info for what it is that they need to do in their environment. So yeah, interesting. Fair enough, you get a lot, yeah. of, a lot of detail. Yeah. For what right. it, yeah, and then across the top here, right? Like one of the things they were really interested in, where is it, is here, end user computing. They've got a large fleet of, of workspaces. So giving mm -hmm. them some easy visibility on sort of their costs and things like that. I thought that was kind of interesting. Right? Yeah. You can see all the different tabs across the top here. So uh, kind of cool. We're going to start setting it up for them next week. So it'll be interesting to see what it actually looks like with real data and sort of how it works. So that's that. And that is the list of news articles that I had for the week. <laughs> Significantly shorter than last week, um, yeah. but it's just been kind of one of those weeks. So I don't know if there's anything else you've thought of as we were chatting here about uh, these articles. Kevin, anything that you ran into that you thought was interesting this week you want to share? I did find an article about a completely serverless bank. Completely serverless kind of, bank. Okay, share. Uh, throw it in Slack for me and I'll, I'll grab it. All right. If I can find Slack, there we go. Yeah, here you go. All right, let me copy that. It's called Trezor. And they were on a monolith apparently, and they've migrated to event microservices on AWS. Okay. okay so I haven't there. had the chance to actually read through this, but I thought that was interesting. It's a banking as a service platform. The server serves millions of transactions every day. You might be using it through one of their clients. That's interesting. So this now we're getting back into the the monolith versus yeah serverless. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make an assumption here based off of uh, the fact that this is being touted as a serverless banking platform that these folks saw benefits of going from a monolith to a uh, a serverless versus the previous story where there were benefits of moving from a serverless inf infra infrastructure to a monolith back to, uh, back to a, I shouldn't call it a monolith. Let's call it a, a more traditional a local, yeah. EC2 based application or something like that. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting to see banking applications going into this. Um, yeah. It, it looks like it was an old PHP monolith and they've used the strangler pattern to uh, migrate it over. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's like a little note, right? Uh, they built it using PHP, Lumen, Bref, Brief, I don't know how to say that, Lambda, SQS, Dynamo, SNS, S3, and KMS. The new service was exposed to manage day-to-day -day banking operations back in 2020, so it's been running for a while. Right for a while, yeah. Yep, just like when that caught my eye. Yeah, See that's the, interesting, yeah. Still trending towards serverless yeah. microservices. Well, I think it's kind of it's kind of like the the thing is right. Same old stuff. Use the right tool for the the job. 
for the job, and, yeah. And if it makes sense and it's cost effective, then yeah, like offload that work to somebody else, right? Why manage an operating system if you don't have to? I guess it's that same old thing, right? It's just finding the right solution for what it is you're trying to do and then implement it to make sure that you can meet your business objectives. That's always the goal. It doesn't matter if you're talking about a cloud-based solution or something you're going to run in a traditional environment. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing new, really. Awesome. All right. Kevin, come on. Give me something here. Good coverage <laughs> from my end. I appreciate the links. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, short one this week, folks, but we'll be back uh, next Friday again with uh, at least four or five articles to, to talk about and uh, hopefully no technical issues, but uh, you never know what's going to happen, right? The beauty of, of just turning on the streaming solution and, and see what happens. So enjoy your weekend, folks, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye for now. <laughs>